Well, this morning, uh, you're, you're getting the baskets back to you. I'll get started in just a moment. <clears throat> uh, man, thanks for your prayers this week. I got over that cold, but somehow a little frog just wanted to show up this morning. But I feel great. Everybody's like, how you doing? How you doing? Like, I wanted to die the other day, but I had to get better to die. And, uh, but now, man, I feel great. Just, uh, <laughs> I just don't sound great. Okay, we are going to have a great time today. We're going to talk about a subject that I just don't like a bit. And I'm not this way. I told him my day, I said, I'm not very, mm. He goes, yeah, you are? Because he's been knowing me a long time. He says, you've been growing. I said, well, that's good, but I ain't, I ain't mastered it. So if, if, if the fruit of the Spirit was impatience, I, man, I could preach a heck of a sermon to y'all today. But that's not the virtue. That's not the fruit of the Spirit, impatience. It's patience. And, you know, when you're uh, loud and uh, vocal and extrovert off the chart anytime i take a spiritual gift test or any test it's it's just crazy but you just i like things to happen and i want them to happen now and this thing of waiting man that's that's the school of god and many of you how many of you today you're you're not very patient and you'll go ahead and admit it go ahead and raise your hands up yeah and some of you, you you're just so patient i mean you you know man stress is happening everything things are blowing up you're like Man, yeah, it's really a rough day out there, but it'll get better tomorrow. All right, I don't even like you. Okay, so anyway, but we're, we're going to talk about patience today and what that means. And uh, the life out today is patience. So if you'll get the back of your worship guide, turn it over, and there's a place for you to take a few notes, and we're just going to dig into God's Word together. There's a particular passage today from the book of James, and he begins to talk about something I knew a lot about, about the soul and about farming, and he begins to speak about that. But before I get there, I was thinking about, it's very fitting that Vicky's here today. She used to have a restaurant down here called Sports Palace that I, I called it my fishing hole. I'd go down there and share Christ with people, and we baptized a number of people over the years down there, and it's a great place to eat, and I gained a lot of pounds down there and all those kinds of things. But I heard this, and I thought this was good. There's five weights that you have when you go to any restaurant. Here's number one. A lot of times, if it's a good restaurant, you wait to get a seat, number two. Then you wait to get the menu from the waiter or the waitress, number three. You wait to order, four. You wait to get the food back once, you know, you put your order in. And the fifth, then you wait for the, the bill. So there's five waits. And even that can get a little crazy. I, I was thinking about how many times we, uh, you know, fast food restaurants, there's this restaurant over at East Chase, and I think they set the market, and I go ahead and give them all the credit because they're profoundly Christian. It's Chick-fil-A. And I will go to Chick-fil-A many times because the food is good, but I can see circles around the building, and I know that I'm going to get through extremely quick. And I can look at other restaurants, and I'll leave nameless, and they can only have three cars in the parking lot, and I promise you, you still ain't going to get out. They just ain't figured it out. But th this waiting thing, I think about this. You're driving down the road, and you're starting to hear it hit a series of red lights. And you come up on this one red light, and then another red light, and then the light turns green. And the person in front of you is having some mystical experience, or there's a mystery. Because they don't go. And you ever been there? And sometimes I gingerly hit my Christian horn. Well, that's better than my Christian bumpers. Because what I really want to do is I want to bump them and tell them God loves you. And that's why Donna says, now, baby, 
you, you shouldn't act like that. You shouldn't have tags on your car. You should have stickers. You know, you know these beautiful CCC decals? I love them. They're white, the three C's, and they really show up good, and I got one in my car, and it is so good for me because it reminds me I fall short of the glory of God. And I, you too, Earl? And I have to remember, don't say it so loud when I'm saying I fall short. And, and, and I remember that I, I got to watch my witness here because people are watching it. And I'm looking for those stickers. I, I don't know if we got any more. If not, we can get some. But patience, I mean, it's everywhere. I would say this. When I'm in a hurry and I'm moving and I got things I need to do and things, places I need to get, I'm agitated by slow people. And so are you. Yeah, so are me. It doesn't sound right in English, but yeah, okay, so are you. I mean, you just, you know, and, and it's okay. You know, that person in the red light, and you're waiting on them, and they don't seem to get their act together. Now, if you're the, the person that goes to sleep, or, or you kind of drift off, and they're beeping at you, you just try and wave at them. And that's not really what they wanted to know. Okay. But uh, you know what I've, I've noticed about patience? You notice when other people don't have it? You go, you're not being very patient i tell you what if you haven't struggled to this get married if you haven't really struggled then have kids because you just have to learn to wait you know and and, and, and you know we kind of laugh about you know patience and i'm very patient and i'm very impatient but then i think about this whole thing of god waiting on god because god and we'll talk about this morning how he orchestrates and works behind the scenes and how he does things that I'm not aware that he's doing, that he's preparing other people and he's preparing situations and he's preparing me because you and I aren't ready for the blessing. We're not ready to walk out in what he has. So as I've been getting to, as I studied this week, I just began to say, you know, I always kid about patience and yet I long for patience because it's the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. You know, I, I need those. But God, make us a patient people. That, that's what I pray. Let, let's just pray. Father, you know, some people are already going, I wish you'd hurry up and finish so we could go to lunch. So they're already missing the message. And some get bored or they long messages, which I don't tend to really preach. They go, I can't sit and endure for very long. My attention spans two or three minutes. Or Father, when it comes to you. And I've been crying out for an answer for a healing in my health, or I've been asking for finances to change, or I've been praying for my marriage to get well, or I've been praying for my kids to have a touch, or I've been praying for my kids to endure the school year, or whatever it is, God, I'm just not very patient. Teach us, Lord, what that means in the name of Christ. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn over to James chapter 5. <clears throat> Most practical book in the New Testament. James really knew about maturity and about growth spiritual growth and nurture and becoming like christ and growing up and he would try to give us those uh instructions this morning as i look there at the new international bible right there across the very top it says that patience comes from the greek word makathumia which means long suffering even tempered this is the ability not to become frustrated enraged but to make allowances for others shortcomings and to tolerate their exasperating behavior. Don't you just hate a definition like that? I didn't write it. This scholar here that helped edit this particular uh, work of the scriptures, a, a study Bible, I, but, but I like it because it's, it's what I need. It's what you need. And, and that's what patience comes from. I, I think about when I go to other countries, they, whether they know Christ or they don't, they, they tend to have a lot more social peace than we do. 
they, they don't get in a hurry. I remember when I first started going to Mexico in 1988, and I would go to preach the gospel and to teach and today to train national pastors and to build houses. And matter of fact, next weekend, Nathan Alpert will be with us. It'll be an awesome thing for him and his family. But as I think about one time I was in uh, Mexico in 1988, Durango. We got down there. It was my first international experience. I've been doing missions from here to Chicago and all over. But I finally got this bug to go global, to go international. I've been doing it for the last 30 years. And, and we got there. And our job was to build a wall and to do Bible school, and to preach the gospel. And the Bible school and to preach the gospel, I was all about. Now the rebarb and the brick and the laying brick, I'd laid block with my brother-in-law when I was a kid, and it wasn't very good. But we were there as a team, we had a job. And I remember we got there, and, we, and they said, now we want y'all to build this wall, we want you to get as high as y'all can get it this week. The only problem was we got there, and in that culture, especially then, they were very slow. They didn't get the materials that we needed. For about a day and a half, when we weren't doing Bible school or services at night, we were waiting for equipment, for tools to get there. And you know, and you're just like, and they're like, man, Keith, you're in Flexico. I said, no, I'm in Mexico. No, it's called Flexico, Flex. Nobody gets in a hurry down here. Matter of fact, they might even take a nap this afternoon. So just, and you know, and, and after that trip and everyone since, I've learned they go pretty hard and then they kind of take a break. But in America, we just run and run, and we try to see if we can do it faster and faster. And so we're not a, a patient people. Matter of fact, if, if it takes a little while, we, we just we get irritable. No, let me say it this way. We get rude. Do we get rude as Christians? I mean, am I telling the truth? Sometimes we are the rudest people, and it's an insult to our Savior. So the Lord's beginning to really speak to my heart here about looking at others and how we uh, have a difficult time waiting. And, and I look at Jesus. Jesus never lacked peace. Jesus never lacked for anything. He never reacted with impatience. He was never depicted in the gospel as one losing control. And Jesus certainly had reason to lose control. Just think about Peter for a minute. Hanging around Peter, the impetuous one, the one that always put his foot in his mouth, the one, oh, Jesus, I'll die for you. I'll go with you. I'll do I mean, in these guys and misfits, and Jesus exuded compassion and love and expressed the love of the Father. And I look at him and I go, I, I think about 1 Corinthians 13, 4. I read it when I do weddings. Love is impatient. That's what we say. No, that's, love is patient. And the newlyweds stand there. Here you go. They just smile at each other so big. I mean, man, they have no clue what they're in for. Love is patient. Now, mature ones, they, they begin to take that and they begin to embrace that. And, uh, and, and they just learn to wait. And let me tell you, I don't have my pocket right now because I'll take it out before I come out to preach. But let me tell you. These smartphones, they were wonderful inventions, not to do more work, which I love all the email and text and call, but they're great because when you go places sometimes, like I've been known to go shopping with my family because I enjoy that activity and more than I do because I want to bag it and get out. And, uh, but I can go over to entertain myself over here on the side for long periods of time. And I used to laugh. It, I called them the old geezers, and now I am one. And I would, I would look over there, and they would have these couches. I'm like, <laughs> and now I'm that guy. I'm looking for that couch. And I'll go over there and I'll just sit there, you know, and talk to them, you know. How, how many of you guys ever do that? Go ahead and be honest. Well, y'all have tried. It's kind of cool. Anyway, 
Sometimes they have really comfortable furniture. You know, sometimes they don't. All right, so anyway, impatience here. Patience, I want you to write this in. Patience brings peace. In In the litany of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, he listed in there, he goes, this is what it is to be mature spiritually. You're a person that has patience. Or you're a person that is developing patience. You're, you're growing in your patient quotient. And, and for some of you, man, that's, that's pretty easy. Or, or you seem to do that without a lot of effort. And for some of us, it's, it's extremely hard. And we have to really lean into Christ, which is a really good thing. And I think about we're to practice patience. We're to wait on God. We're to wait on God. I want you to write that down somewhere today. Wait on God. A lot of times, <clears throat> I want to make things happen. Maybe you're like that. You want to make things happen. And yet when we wait on him, the Bible says when we wait on him, he will give more of the Holy Spirit. How much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him and wait on him? How much more will God give ideas and visions to those that wait on him and he begins to orchestrate and give us ideas? Patience is not the ability to wait, but the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting. Oh God, you nailed me on that one. While I wait on you, God, I want to have a a proper heart, a pure heart that I will see you, as we talked about earlier, Matthew 5, 8. But God, I just want to learn to wait on you. This morning, in this room, there are many people that are waiting on God for deliverance, for salvation, for hope, for answers, for remedy, for God to fix it. I wouldn't ask you to stand, but so many of you would stand right now if I said, how many of you are waiting on God for something big? You'd just stand up all over the room you're waiting i'm waiting on god right now for some things in my life i'm always waiting on god i've always kidded i think god's a five minute before god five to twelve i cannot tell you how many answers have come in my life at five to twelve and sometimes 30 seconds before 12 he just likes for us to wait it's his way it's his character all through the scripture you see that word wait it's a great study patience means to stay put to stand fast when you'd like to run away god help me and my friends to be steadfast and immovable. And when we're tempted to run the other way or we're tempted to fix it ourselves, or we're tempted to take control, help us to wait on you. And you will clothe us with peace. And you'll clothe us with strength. And patience is the ability to accept delay and disappointment in a gracious manner. Can you and I learn to accept disappointment and delay with grace? You know, the Christian life is really a grace-filled life. I didn't know this was going to happen today. This is really becoming a heaven message to me. Thinking about Jerry. and Yesterday I was thinking about John Mark. And I started thinking about a lot of other people that are, have already gone on to heaven. And I kept thinking about, and that's one thing John Mark used to teach me a lot about, grace. He loved grace. He understood grace about as well as any man I've ever met. And he would sit with me. Matter of fact, about two months ago, I just needed a John Mark fix. You know what I'm saying? I just needed to go sit down with him. Because he, here he was, this Ph.D. scholarly erudite man but he just had the ability just to come in and to listen and to frame it for you and to come back to you oh it was fun so god help us to wait with a grace-filled manner let me show you something else it is here it's like uh, uh look at children children aren't patient when we when we come to the planet we immediately we we don't have our needs met our diaper's wet. We're hungry. <laughs> and, and babies crying. And I, do, and I watch y'all every Sunday morning. And as soon as your little one does something, y'all head for the door. 
Y'all even anticipate, I think that's a whimper. It's going to turn into a roar. And y'all leave. And then sometimes people are clueless, and they don't leave, and they should leave. But, but we, just thought I'd throw that in there. But, but we, we respond. Because that little one is just not patient. But we have to teach them as they get older, you have to go, now Johnny, Susie, mama's talking. Let me, let me give you some great parenting advice. You are the parent, and you are responsible, and you take control, and you teach the kids to wait, and the church said. Now, some of you need to hear that. Let me tell you, the kids are not in control. The parents are under the authority of the Lord God, and we teach them a God principle when we teach them to wait when they're young. Church, isn't that right? But, oh, no, man, I, I don't want them to wait. Well, let me tell you, when you go through life, you're going to be waiting the rest of your life. And, and then I started reading these things. Look at the next one. Patience glorifies God. Patience just glorifies the Father. And, man, God, I don't glorify you very well in that. In Psalm 34, 19, it says, The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue each time. The righteous, I didn't say the wicked, the vile, the unbeliever. I said the righteous face trouble. And God comes to their rescue as they wait on him. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Know his strength. Our God is not a short-fused God, but he's a long-suffering, ever-present, all-loving, encompassing God. And I'm so grateful. I'm so glad he's patient with me and my plunders and my mess-ups. How about you? In Proverbs Turn there with me. Proverbs chapter 14. Can you turn there? Just a quick one here. Proverbs 14, verse 29. People with understanding control their anger, and a hot temper shows great foolishness. Proverbs 15, 18, if you turn the page. A hot-tempered person starts fights. A cool-tempered person stops them. In other words, these people have learned to be under control, self-control of the Holy Spirit. And they've also learned to be patient in situations that could call for fire, that could call to fuel the fire of disagreement and disallowance. And, and God wants to come. And patience here is not just a virtue. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And as I was studying this, I got thinking about this. Are we more concerned with our own agenda or the needs and struggles of others? You know, if I'm honest, sometimes I'm very concerned about others. And sometimes I'm very concerned about, hmm, hmm, hmm. Do y'all ever get really concerned about yourself sometimes? And that's why we grow impatient. Because like, you're making me wait. What are you thinking? I know there's how many billion people on the planet, but it's about me. And at church, it's about me. I need that good parking space up front. It's about me. I, I, need, I need the top plate. I need, I need the biggest burger. I, I need this. I need that. No, 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 no. You're impatient. Just wait. Hey, you, you know what's amazing? We'll go to a ball game, and, and we won't even complain. We'll stand in line. I mean, when I, when I watch these, these great concerts they have, and they'll go, they've been in New York City for seven days now. They've been camping out for the concert. What? For seven days? And I go, we can't even get people to get the church on time. But they were seven days in advance waiting for the event. And, and then they did kumbaya with everybody in the parking lot and became friends and it's amazing you know i'm always it's like i wish we would act in the church like we act at ball games i mean drunks can hit you and they can spill drinks on you you go oh bless you he's just a drunk help him and uh but in the church if somebody's just a little bit short or a little bit curt or they're having a little bit rough day we grow extremely 
and patient. I've even got people, sometimes they go, Pastor, you did not speak to me today. Well, you know, over the years, I've met tens and tens and tens of thousands of people. And every weekend, I don't know what's going to happen. And I want to hug and greet and talk to all my friends, little friends, medium friends, big friends, you know, whatever friends, just friends. And, and I can't see everybody. So give me a little grace, but give grace to one another. And the church said, we'll try that. But let me tell you, I'm always going to be attracted to the little ones about this big. They come up. Like the other day, one of my little friends comes in to see me. Now, guys, I'm going to tell you, if you want to make Pastor Keith's day, you could try this. She came bearing gifts. The other day, she came in. She's beautiful. She's got these dark eyes and long hair, and her mama dresses her just right. And she comes walking in, and she's real quiet. And she walks over. For you, Pastor Keith. And you have to really get down really quiet and listen to what she's trying to tell you. She goes, I wanted you to have some. You know what she gave me? Goldfish. I'm not talking about a bowl of goldfish. I have no desire for that. The kind you eat. Because one Sunday on the front hall, I went to her, and I'd ask kids over and over to see if we had some Christ-filled kids. And we do. But we also have some selfish kids, but they still love Jesus. And I asked her, and one day, she, she reached in her little cup, and she gave Pastor Keith one. And I went, wow! So she remembered, she was at the grocery store with her mama, and she said, Mama, we need to get this for Pastor Keith. And she came in there, gave it to me. She's top on my prayer list. Kid's never going to be sick. Kid's going to make straight A's. Things are going to be perfect. I, I can't control that. But I love the little spirit of a little one. Somebody need to hear that. It's not even Mother's Day. It's not like a Mother's Day story, doesn't it? Okay, oh, here we go. So patience glorifies God. You know, we regret. I, I thought about this. How many of you regret when you're not patient? Yeah. Man, I'm sorry. I was impatient. They're like, really? I didn't notice. No, usually people aren't smart, aleck, and rude. Sometimes they are, and they're like, yeah, you, you were. Why be patient? Once you begin to fill this in. Matter of fact, i, I got to give this to you. Are, are y'all familiar with the song from, uh, oh, wow, this was a long time ago. It was 1977. Huh. Anyway, probably not. But some of you might. There was this group called the Music Machine, and they were trying to teach the fruit of the Spirit. And one was Herbert the Snail. Anybody remember Herbert the Snail? Uh, here, here's the words. Here, here's what he goes. Have patience, have patience, don't be in such a hurry. When you get impatient, you only start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too. And think of all the times when others have to wait for you. Be patient, be patient. It's going to mess you up the rest of the day. <laughs> you know? And, you know, we had songs kind of like this. We, we had this modern-day guy called Steve Green. And Rachel and Hannah would listen to him, and he was always trying to give Bible verses that, we're honoring to Jesus. They just annoyed me sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And this is the kind of song, be patient, be patient. You know? Anyway, you didn't find the humor in it. I did. Okay, I, I thought it was kind of cute. Anyway, under trials, the book of James, they're under trials. They're accused. They're abused. They're misused. This whole thing there in James, there's mistreatment of other believers. They're being offended. Things are, are coming against them. And James writes there in the first chapter, then he gets into the fifth chapter about the value, the importance, the urgency of being a patient person. And here I want you to know why. Because God is in control. No circumstances outside the control of the Father. 
I don't care what situation it is, God is sovereign and he's in control and trusting him even when it seems like he's not active. I trust him. Ultimate certainty. He has it all in his hands. God, you're in control. You're even in control of the circumstances. You're in control of the weather. You're in control of the politics. You're in control of the war. You're in control of the world. God, you're in control. Look at the second thing. God rewards patience. God is honored in patience. He is glorified, but he's also, he rewards it. It's a divine attribute here. The Bible talks about when we endure and persevere, we shall receive rewards. We should get crowns to cast at the feet of Jesus. And even in this life, I would submit to you, when you and I are patient, we are rewarded. Would you agree? Go, go into a restaurant today or this week and be patient with the people that serve you. And it will serve you well. Be patient with people when you get in situations. It always serves you well. Man, I've been tried on this over and over about. I, I tell you, if you really want to try me, go to the doctor with me and let me wait and wait and wait and wait and pray, Lord Jesus, come quickly or I'm going to hurt somebody in this waiting room. Not really. I, I hadn't prayed that. I, I did think about it one time, but I did. No, don't send me a letter and say, hey, you need counseling. Here's the deal. I was, a, I was at a doctor one time. True story. And I was sitting there. I had an appointment. And at that time, I was on television. And so my face was a lot more noticeable, kind of like some of you at the post office. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, so, so I'm just kidding. And uh, so, so, I saw, so I was sitting there, and 30 minutes went by, and I went, you know, 30 minutes is, is a nice wait. So I went to the counter. said, ma'am, I just want you to know I'm sitting out here on the third row. And she goes, we know you're here, sir. I said, okay. And I went back and sat down. During the meantime, I had about five people come through that knew me, and I, and I was talking to them, being nice. We went to an hour, and I went back up to the counter. said, ma'am, I'm still sitting on the third row. Just wanted you to know I'm here. She goes, we see you. And I went back and sat down. It was an hour and 15 minutes this time. I went back up to the counter. I said, Mom, ma'am, my mom, ma'am, I just want you to know I'm sitting on the third row back here and I'm still here. She goes, we know and we're having problems. And I, I started to say something, but I didn't think that'd be spiritual. So I went back and said, now, then we got to be an hour and 45 minutes. And I went back up to the counter. I said, ma'am, she goes, I know you're on the third row. <laughs> I thought, smart woman. I said, I am. She says, uh, I said, ma'am, I've been waiting an hour and 45 minutes, and I had a, an appointment, and I am busy, and I'd like to know. She goes, I got some bad news. I said, you do? She goes, the doctor just left. Really? You're, you're, you're serious? She goes, he did. Would you like to see another one? And I said, you know, I think I would. So about two hours later, I got to see a doctor. But here, here's why I tell you that story. I've never waited two hours. I shouldn't say that. God will probably let me do that the next time I go to the doctor. Anyway, I haven't waited but two hours but once. But I just learned that I, had, I needed to learn to be patient. Now, I did end up getting another doctor, and this doctor really loves me, and we have a great relationship, and he thinks it's funny that I waited one time. But God, God even worked in that situation because of this particular doctor. I got in with a doctor that I really needed to kind of mesh with, and because of waiting, God orchestrated some things. You, you, how many of you want to go fix it yourself, but God does an end around, and if you wait on him, it ends up better? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, well, I, I could tell you more details, but I won't. Not, not for the purpose of this platform. Okay, so here we go. So God rewards patience. Look at, the, look at the third. Because God is working things out behind the scenes. He's working. Uh, I'm in a hurry, and God isn't. While I'm waiting, God is working. God is not in a hurry. If he was, he'd already blown me off the map. He's, he was patient working out my salvation. He was pay, not working for He'd already earned it. He says, work out your salvation with trembling and fear that you express it. But God is very gracious to you and me. And I want you to look at this at the bottom here, how to be patient. Number one, wait expectantly. Here in the James, is, is he begins to talk about the farmer. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. And you too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. All through gospel, all through the scripture, the coming of the Lord is evident. The coming of the Lord is near, and it is near, and it's nearer now than it's ever been. People ask me all the time, do you think Jesus is coming next month or next season? I don't know, but I know he's coming again. He said he would, and it's near, and it's near for you, and it's near for me, and we don't know when it's going to be, but as I look here, we wait expectantly, and I want you to write down this thought, what do you expect? As I learn to be patient and wait on God, what am I expecting? Am I expecting and believing God for a harvest of spiritual fruit? I'm always believing God for more. Uh, the farmer prepares the ground. He demonstrates his uh, expectations by his preparation. He has to prepare. I don't understand the farming community, and there's so less farmers today, and it's been so hard, and, and the farmer understands weather patterns, and he so has to count on God because of the drought or because of the frost and what it does to the economy for him. And the farmer knows that if uh, his crop just won't appear, it takes a season. The only thing that the farmer knows will appear overnight will be weeds. But the farmer has to wait, and, and the farmer is the perfect example here that God puts in his word, that he teaches you not to wait on him. We, we wait on God for the answers. We wait on God to work. As Christians here, we're spiritual farmers. We endure. We're patient. We, we endure the trials. James would say, blessed is the man that endures. Blessed is the woman because when they are tried, they shall receive a crown of life for those that, that love God. If we endure. Patience is all about endurance. Just catch that today. If you and I are patient, we have to endure. We have to endure toil and hardship and hard times and people complaining and grumbling. And, and then I look at Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait expectantly, trusting God to help, for he has promised. All oh, the psalmist is so honest, and he just says, I wait on God. I expect God to come through. In Isaiah 49, verse 23, in the Good News translation, the word says, The Lord says no one who waits for my help will be disappointed. You know, I've learned that. God's never disappointed me. Not ultimately, because it's always for his best and for his glory in his time and in his way. Man, this is a hard message to preach because it's, it's so hard, but waiting is really, you know what waiting is? You know what patience is? It's growing up. It's just growing up spiritually. God, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to be patient about what you're going to do, God, because you're a great God and I trust you. So God, this opportunity for me is an opportunity for me to express and to experience patience and it's an opportunity for me to express or to exercise my faith god i'll be patient god i'll, I'll trust you I, I don't know what's going on and the second thing is we wait quietly there in about verse nine 
He says in here, don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. I don't know about you, you know, a, a situation goes south, a situation's not good, and, and we're quick to do what? We're, we're quick to be quick of mouth, of tongue, of speech, of slander, of gossip, of something that's impure. God says, don't grumble. Don't whine. Just, just be patient, my son. Be patient, my daughter. You get up tight. What's your response? Do you unload? I'd write that down there in a real practical word today. When you get impatient, do you unload on other people? Well, man, I can't believe you made me wait. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm busy, and you're busy, and God's, all God's kids are busy. No. God, what are you doing? God, do you have me here for a, 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 a reason? Is there some reason I'm delayed? I mean, sometimes when I fly, I really learn about patience. Used to, I would just go to airports and I would get there right on this time and I would leave and just go. One time, Don and I flew home from California. It took 48 hours to get from the West Coast to Montgomery. I've gone from Africa and here a lot sooner. 48 hours! And I wasn't singing glory to God in the airport either before when it was over. It's like, man, what? What? Man, we had mechanical failures and car failures and this failure and this person didn't do their job and that person, and you just go. So now people kid me like, we're not traveling with you. Just don't want to travel with you. Sometimes it goes great. All I know is God's in charge, and, and there's a reason. I never will forget during 9-11. I was uh, having a neck problem. I was getting ready for triple neck fusion. And God miraculously healed me. And I remember being at home, and 9-11, the towers came down. And the telephone rang. Donna answered the phone. And our friend that used to be here when we built this building, Cedric, lieutenant colonel, has gone on to be promoted, great man of God. He said, this morning I was extremely frustrated. He said, I had a big briefing with a bunch of generals and I couldn't get to work in the Pentagon. It just wouldn't work out. This guy was meticulous. He was on point. He was on task. He goes, nothing worked out. Takes me an hour on the subway, one way, hour, hour and a half. He goes, I couldn't get to work today. And I said, God, why? I've done all this preparation. I'm ready for my meeting. And when the towers came down and when the plane collided and came into the Pentagon, all those things happened, he called Donna just to let her know. I just want you to know, my office was just right around the corner from where that plane came in. And all is well. God had a reason for me not getting to the office that day. I went, wow. So what's the point of that? We have to wait on God. We have to trust him. Do we believe he's a sovereign God? Do we believe he's in charge? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's great. Well, then I got to learn and wait on him. So we wait quietly. In uh, Lamentations 3.26, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation and of the Lord. So we wait on him. And then look at this. Uh, number three, wait confidently. Job never lost his confidence in God. He just didn't lose it. He, he persevered through trial. And there's no victories without battles. And you and I are going to have, i, I got to tell you, I have to preach the full gospel to y'all every time I tell you. I do not believe in a feel-good gospel in the church said. I believe the Christian life is the most joy-filled life, but it's the most battle-filled life you'll ever be a part of, and you heard it from this platform today. You have to endure all kind of stuff in Jesus Christ to prove to be a good soldier of the Most High God. 
And God promises to be with us. In Micah 7, 7, I will wait confidently for God, said Micah. In Psalm 37, y'all get ready. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. But be still. So this morning, my question is this. Where do you need some patience? Do you have a patient life? I want you to look at Colossians with me quickly. Colossians 1.11. We also pray that you will strengthen, that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. That's my prayer for my life, but for your life today. Also in Colossians 3.12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must put on the garments of the kingdom. Listen to it. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's the wear of the kingdom. So this morning, God would say, I want you to try it on. I want you to put on humility. I want you to put on compassion. But I want you to put on patience because patience will give me glory. There's a passage here I just want you to hear. And we've got a great song that I think will wrap up our time together. In the epistle of 1 Peter, the third chapter, the writer says, here in, uh, actually it's uh, 2 Peter, I'm sorry, 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 9. Let me start in verse 8. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. Would you hear that gospel this morning? It's not God's will that any should perish, but all that would come to faith and repentance in his son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Jesus I thank you for this morning and for these amazing people at Christ Community Church. And I thank you for how you've delivered some people this week. I thank you for how your hand was on the Reynolds family, how your hand is on us in this room. And Father, I pray that you would help us to wait expectantly on you. And Lord Jesus, for some of us, we would say, Lord, I need patience. Teach me, show me what that means. Show me how to be patient-filled. I turn over control of my life to you today, Jesus. I want to follow you.